This is our first podcast. It's called Rob the Hockey Guy Podcast, presented by Van City Buzz. I'm Jazz Kang here with local blogging legend Rob Williams. Rob, how are you doing today? <laughs> doing great. Yeah. No, it's, uh, sorry for being called the Rob the Hockey Guy Podcast. With no, that's okay. <laughs> we, we should add in and Jazz. No, you're an egomaniac. That's it's fine. Like, you yeah, have yeah, to have it this me way. Me and Bro so. Jake. It's yeah. like, we're, we're like two peas in a pod. Right? I would never want to be proud. Yeah, like, will you be the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's Rob and the Jazz Man. Yeah, yeah that's, that's even worse. You know, we'll just stick to Rob the Hockey Guy, all right? Yeah, um, no, this is great. I mean, I'm, I'm super pumped for this. Um, this is the first time we've... Uh, that Van City Buzz has, has done anything like this. Um, and we're going to be talking hockey, specifically Canucks hockey, and uh, hopefully have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, today's obviously a great day to start because the Canucks have hired uh, their third coach in two years now, Willie Desjardins. What are your thoughts on the hire? Yeah, no, I mean, what great timing. I mean, we didn't even really time this uh, based on this, but yeah, Willie Desjardins uh, comes in as the Canucks' new head coach. I generally like the hire. It's, it seems funny to say that because two months ago, how much did we really know about him? But digging a little bit deeper into his experience, I mean, he has no NHL head coaching experience, but he's got everything else. I mean, he's he was eight years in Medicine Hat. They were a perennial contender, won two WHL championships, and it's not like you. I mean, you don't look you don't look at their uh, you don't look at the Medicine Hat Tigers roster when they were winning those championships. It's not like they had Sidney Crosby or uh, a bunch of studs. Chris Russell was a defenseman, led him in scoring one of the years that they won the championship. Yeah, exactly. Who is that? Exactly. Right? That's what <laughs> yeah. people probably look at our team and think, oh, you know, who is Yannick Hansen? What is he doing there? But <laughs> if you look at, similar to last year, Dallas Aikens was the hot commodity coming into it. I remember seeing some resentment on Twitter from Canucks fans that, you know, the Canucks missed out on, on a great hire. He obviously crapped the bed in Edmonton. Yep. At a certain point... You can, you can sit there and change all the, the outside part of it, but the core has to start performing. And I think this is where... I'm happy with the Willie Desjardins hire. I think it's, it's awesome that they got their guy. It's, it's been kind of angled towards that, that this is who they wanted. They waited until he won the Calder Cup, and they got their yeah. guy now. But you have to see something from the players. It's great that you have the coach in place, but what are we going to do now? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, just to step back just a sec there, with I, I think that the most impressive thing with Willie Desjardins is his his experience in the AHL with the Texas Stars. He was there for two seasons, and he took over. I don't know if people realize he took over a team that finished third last in the AHL, and they finished I think top five, top six in his first season. Go to the second round, and his second season they were the best record during the season, and win the Calder Cup. I mean, that's, no, that's exactly. pretty impressive stuff. But yeah, once again, there, there, are no, there are no coaches that win Calder Cups or Stanley Cups or any cup without good players, right? So I, it's one of those things where you, when you see a guy win for so long in multiple places, then you start thinking, well, he's a good coach. But yeah, back to your point, it's, I mean, of course, it's on the players. If the players, if, if they don't improve this roster... It's not going to matter what Willie Desjardins writes on his whiteboard. They need they need big sweeping changes, and, and I I I, th- I think people want to go back in history now and blame it all on Torts. 
It wasn't all, I mean, torts was made a lot of blunders, but it wasn't all torts. He was a straw that broke the camel's back, basically. Yeah. He was the one who showed, like, hey, this, is, this team needs to make changes. And he, the one thing he did get right, he said in his postseason press conference, this isn't 2011 anymore, yeah. and this team needs change, and it needs a, a new infusion of blood of, of youth. And with Willie Desjardins coming in, one thing he has done is he's been able to develop the Dallas Stars' younger players into serviceable NHL, NHL players, everyday players. And if he can come here and kind of turn, because you never know with prospects. That's one thing I think everybody can see. You, they, some pan out, some don't. Sometimes a seventh-round guy could be a gem. Yep. Sometimes a first-round guy is a total bust. And we've had our fair share of those here in Vancouver. But if you're able, if your coach is able to work with these guys, and even if you're developing a guy who has fourth-line skill um, into a third-line player who's hitting, checking, doing the little things right, that, it's going to be a great hire for them. I mean, the, the, thing, that, the thing that I think is positive... Uh, with Desjardins over, I don't know, like a Bilesma or somebody else, is that, I mean, this team is not going, this is not a Stanley Cup team, no matter who's behind the bench. And Desjardins has a reputation and as a teacher, and he, well, he, he was a teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was talking to, my, talking to my friend today, he was a teacher as well, and he was super pumped about this, and I'm like, <laughs> I asked him if it's he... his gateway into getting into coaching? Well, I, was, I, I, <laughs> I, I, asked, I asked him if he was gonna, if he was uh, not gonna coach them until the uh, labor dispute was over. <laughs> no, he didn't like that very much. But yeah, I mean, I think having a teacher with, uh, with a lot of young players, and I'm hoping the Canucks get younger soon, I mean, because they're an old team right now. If they bring in a bunch of young players, you have a guy that's there teaching them and is a calming influence in the room and can be a player's coach and, and, and uh, command respect. And who wants, with, to, without, who wants to practice, actually? On the yeah, 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 yeah. Go, come to a game day skate <laughs> yeah. every now and then. Um, then I, I, I think it, it'll be a positive hire. Um, I think he has the resume. I mean, for a guy that has no NHL head coaching experience to have success at junior, to have success, I mean, enormous success in the AHL. His two years in the AHL are about as good as you could have. Plus, he was a, an assistant coach in Dallas uh, for two years, so that's his NHL experience. I think that kind of ticks all the boxes where you go, okay, this guy should be ready for the show, but we'll see. Oh, again, yeah, I mean, you know, at this point right now, it looks like a good hire. I mean, it might be totally different when we talk at the end of October, but right now, and I think one thing I do like about Lord Linden's uh, Lord process, Linden. yeah, the way he's handling things right now, <laughs> is that he hired Benning. Benning is a guy who paid his dues. He went through the scouting after yep. his career was over. He was an assistant GM, uh, you know, head scout, all these other things. And same thing with Desjardins. He's paid his dues. And I think that's one calming thing for Canucks fans in general is they're hockey guys. It's not something like uh, Mike Harris. You're all the hockey board. guys. Well, yeah, you are the main, you are the hockey guys. Yeah, yeah. You're all Rob the hockey guys. <laughs> don't include me in that. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do that, okay? But uh, I think that works out. I think that'll work out in their in in the fans' favors. Is that we're we're comfortable with it. And now uh, you were talking about getting younger. Uh, you know, the roster needs a shakeup. The draft is coming up on Friday. What are you looking for them to do? Well, I mean, the draft coming up. The Canucks hold the sixth pick. But the ju I mean the juiciest of all juicy rumors uh, in a while came through today. Uh, Elliot Friedman um, writing on in his Thirty Thoughts column that the Canucks have apparently offered their sixth pick, Hunter Shinkarik, their you know first rounder from last year, 
as well as a roster player. I mean, who knows what the roster player was? He said not Ryan Kessler, so I mean that. Yeah, that would be a bit lopsided. Yeah, I'd be I'd be knocking down the door at Rogers Arena uh, to stop that from going through. Um, but you know, we don't know if it's Chris Tanev, we don't know if it's Yannick Hansen, we don't know who it is. But the first two pieces, the main pieces, six overall pick plus Hunter Shinkarik. I don't know what would you do. Well, again, it, it, that depends on what Benning sees as where what Shinkarik's ceiling is. I mean, uh, he dropped last year for a reason. He was a top ten, top fifteen, depending on who you ask. Yep. He, he should have been drafted. He dropped to twenty four to the Canucks. Uh, if they see him as being a bust, I personally, and I like his game. I think he can, yeah. he has a, the potential to be a really good goal scorer, maybe a 25-30 goal scorer, which the Canucks don't have much of in the yep. system right now. Yep. Would uh, you know? I would give up a six and a Tanev because I think Chris Tanev is what he is right now. Is, yeah, you know, a six and Tanev, I do for sure. But I, I don't know if I'd want to give up a, a, a two for one deal on prospects. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I know. I, I, my, my first reaction when I read it was, ooh, like, cause I was, cause there had been talk that the, about Horvat and and the um, and the sixth pick, and I was, oh, I'm thinking, I don't know if I like that. Shinkarik in the sixth pick. I mean, if you had a gun to your head right now, what would you say? Yes or no? Shinkarik and the sixth for Reinhardt. I mean, I've seen Reinhardt play in the World Juniors. Only a handful of games. I think if if you think that if you think that Sam Reinhart can be a number one center that you can win a Stanley Cup with, I make the deal. I'm in great pain <laughs> saying that. And I think that's a tough call. So that's why I think if that roster player is somebody of, of value, and I think Chris Tanev is of value because he's young and he's solid. I know he's never going to be. A number one defenseman, or maybe not even a number two defenseman, but if he can be that solid shutdown D-man, um, I have trouble giving away Tanev in, in addition to in, in addition to that. Um, but otherwise, I think I do it. I mean, it's it, it, it's really tough. But if you if you can get if you can get the building blocks to your team, which I think is down the middle. I mean, typically for a team in goal, a number one D-man and your top two centers. If you can have that solidified with Reinhardt as your number one guy going forward and Bo Horvat, who's only a year older, as your number two guy, that's, I mean, that looks pretty good going forward. No, that's right. I, I agree with that too. But I think the biggest thing is if you're looking at it from strictly a fan's perspective, this fan base has had nothing to be excited about since they got the Sedins. Yeah. Uh, and even then, we went through the, the growing pains of seeing them develop where people were questioning, are these guys going yeah. to develop? Because they didn't really become yeah. frontline players. Trade the sisters. Some Canadian blood in here. That's <laughs> what we need. Do you, you know? remember the time where people wanted to trade Daniel and Henrik Sedin for Ole Jokinen? Straight up? No, I didn't even hear that. <laughs> I, I remember people wanted that. I mean, at one time, it was crazy. Well, this fan base is not known to be the most rational, right? <laughs> and I think we all know that. But, uh, you know, we haven't really had anything to be excited about. And... If, if you're looking, if you're Jim Benning and you are looking to make, you know, put your stamp on the team and, and make your mark, if obviously if he feels that that's what Bennett's, uh, pardon me, Reinhardt's ceiling is, yeah. you go through with it. Absolutely. And uh, the other big thing that's coming up at the draft, obviously, is Ryan Kessler. Now, I don't know if you heard today, they were saying when they had a, um, a video of, a video of uh, Willie Desjardins, you know, doing that kind of an intro thing about him being a Canucks coach, they were talking about leadership on the team. Kessler wasn't shown in the video. That's up on Canucks.com. <laughs> so read, I mean, read into that. What you want. I, I don't know if you'll, I, I, my personal feeling is yes, it's, he is 100% yeah. going at this draft. 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like from all the insiders and everybody in the know that Kessler definitely still wants to get moved. And if you kind of read between the lines of what uh, Trevor Linden said in interviews, it sounds like definitely he's gone. And if they're moving him, they're probably moving him by the draft. Um, Where do you think, based on what you know about the packages, obviously we don't have the inside scoops on it, but based on what you know, the what team would you like to see him go to? Tough one. I mean, it depends what they. It depends what people offer. Um, Derek Pouliot out of Pittsburgh. That was the name being thrown around. I did see him play in a couple uh, in a couple of games. The, uh, the playoff games that the Giants had against uh, Portland. I gotta say, I was pretty impressed. He's you know he's that mobile defenseman uh, that, can, that can go and run your power play. Uh, if you can get it, I, I mean, I guess I, what I mean is in terms of like Anaheim. I mean, Anaheim is the na- the team that people are talking about the most right now. And they've got a lot of good prospects. I don't know if they have. I don't know if anybody's talking about one blue chipper. I think Pouliot's more of that blue chip kind of prospect. I prefer quality over quantity, right? So rather than getting two guys that will be on your second line for years to come, I'd rather that first line guy or that number one defenseman. Yeah, which the Canucks again something they've never had. I think the closest thing in our generation that they've had is maybe Ed Jovanovski to being a bona fide number one. I don't think Hamuse has the takeover at game power. He's a great defenseman, yeah. but I don't think he's a, he's a bona fide number one. Uh, and they never had a, other than Henrik and Trevor Linden in his heyday, what have they really had up the middle? And now Henrik's... Apologies to Thomas Green and Brendan Morrison. Yes, that's right. That's right. Well, it's like Steve Ruchin. Steve Ruchin played with, yeah, uh, yeah, Ruchin. Played with Solani in Korea. And he put up career numbers and parlayed into a fat contract that he never lived up to. Yeah. So yeah. Mel Morrison, I think, was, was more of the benefit, yeah. you know, had the benefit of playing with what do they call him? They call, what do they call him in arbitration? Brian Burke called him like the mouse riding on the back of the... the oh, no, you know, Brian Burke was good for that. Though. Brian Burke was good for that. Um, drive, got, drive Peter Schaefer to the airport. Yeah, uh, well, he, he showed up because Peter yeah. Schaefer was not very good. He was a serviceable <laughs> NHL player, but... Uh, well, that you know, traded for Sammy Salo. Yeah, he, he did bring a Salo. One of the most underrated trades maybe in Canucks history. That was an unbelievable trade. Salo was good, and he still yeah. is very solid yeah. playing on Tampa yeah. Bay. I would have liked to have him here. I think sure. uh, Gillis missed the boat with guys like uh, Willie Mitchell and Salo, who you could say were getting older, but they're contributing. Yeah. Um, you know, going in now back to Kessler, what we were discussing... I think if you want to trade him within the division to Anaheim, you have to get a little bit more because you're playing against a guy, you know, multiple times a year and could be playing him in a playoff series. And I don't think a, a guy like Ryan Kessler, who is a, I think is an amazing hockey player, um, offensively he's not what he was in that for that one great year that he no, did. Yeah, yeah, that's his, that's his peak. That's and yeah, it's going to be a decline. Yeah. But what he offers to a team, like if you put him on a team like Chicago or a team like Anaheim, where he's your second line guy and he has that protection, oh, yeah. he's a beast. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, he's a guy that, that contending teams, especially contending teams that need a second-line center, that's everything you look for, right? Yeah. He's going to make your penalty kill better. He's going to make your power play better. He's a two-way player. He can play against the other team's top lines. I mean, that's what you. That, that's a, the playoff-type guy. That's what a contending team is, is looking for. But do you think it's been, if you look at his overall run with the Canucks, when he came out, he was projected basically to be a third-line center. And, he, and he's been always been pretty good defensively. Offensively, he got better as he progressed. Yep. Um, you know, into a into an everyday second line center. But if you look at it, 
He failed to deliver many times, other than that great series he had against Nashville, which yeah. sometimes I still watch the highlights on YouTube, yeah. and I'm just like, wow. What gets talked about more, the 2011 in general, or Ryan Kessler against Nashville? That's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, he, 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 that's like, yeah, that's like, anytime we mention Ryan Kessler now, it's like, oh, remember against Nashville? Every time they play in Nashville, oh, I remember yeah. <laughs> every time. And how Barry Trotz just hated playing against It's the yeah. same. I mean, but I think that's kind of what this team has become is a, a memory of of the good times. It's like being in a bad relationship. It's like you, you, you go through it and, you know, we all were waiting and the peak happened where everything was great in 2011 yeah. and you thought you, that, that was the way it was going to be for the rest of your life and then the next two years were just a, a disaster. That's yeah. almost like what they're doing hanging on to this core. So I, I am excited to see one of these guys gone. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, being a fan of the Canucks is like being in an abusive relationship, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like... You, you get, get hurt. You, know, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you get hurt and you keep coming back for more. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical, emotional abuse is pretty much the whole deal. I hate, I, I went through days where when they lost that 2011 final, obviously I was just depressed. I still am. Every yeah. day I will mention to myself how much I'm depressed. Oh, I think about it all the time. Yeah. But now I think because every, everything everything that happens is like it's like oh man if Hamus didn't get injured <laughs> yeah you think they it done it or if, man if, man if they didn't trade for Ballard you know there's one thing I always think of I remember when they traded for Keith Ballard apparently they were saying at the time that if Jared Tenorti who was in the draft that year if Jared Tenorti was available when the Canucks were about to draft that they wouldn't have made the deal because they weren't going to give up their first round pick if Tenorti was available. And so then, you know, of course, then I think, oh, man, if they, if Tenorti slipped, yeah. they would have never done that. And imagine what could have happened. Because if they have, like, one more defenseman, does it happen? Or if Kessler doesn't get injured? Oh, yeah, there's I, so many what-ifs to that. We, I mean, and, but you know, you did, I, I read this, I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, they interviewed Alain Vigneault about his run recently now, this past year with the Rangers to the Canucks. Uh, he did mention one thing, which is the Canucks didn't have much of a chance because they got spanked in Boston every time they played. But... He said they had nothing left in the tank by the time Game 7 yeah. came. And I think we could see that. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, you were obviously hoping for the best. But you, if you look back at it, minus the sting of when it initially happened, yeah. you say that wasn't the team that we saw play, you know, almost close to 100 games right. before them. But, you know, I think with, with this whole Kessler thing, I think Kessler, the Sedins, Hamus, Bieksa, Burroughs, they're all kind of reminders of what was <laughs> and what could have been. And Gillis promised it last year that there was going to be a reset and a, you know switch, and all we got was a coaching change, which was a friggin' disaster. Yeah. And now this year, bringing in a new Benning, new uh, you know new president with uh, Linden, it's exciting for the fans and people yeah. are legitimately looking forward to Friday. Well, at the same time, I still sort of, sort of in the back of my mind, I still feel like if Mike Gillis was still here and he hired Willie Desjardins. People would be like, "This is an outrage!" Yeah, yeah, no, oh, yeah. He has up on yeah. Dan Bylsma. They're ready to crucify the guy. Yeah, yeah no, for you sure. know, we should have had Bylsma, and we should have done this. And people are going to trust Linden because it's his first yeah. year, and he's going to—he has the and he's Trevor Linden. Yeah, he's Trevor Linden. Yeah. He, 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 people love him, right? And that's—he just earned it. Yeah, as far as hockey goes, where will we be standing? I know season ticket holders. I, I'm I'm hearing that they're people aren't renewing at the rate yeah. that they were expecting. They could be on sale. This is the next three years are going to shape the next 10 for the Canucks. Yeah. And it, it's going to be interesting because it all starts on Friday. I mean, don't you think, fa I think, I think fans are not uh, as fickle as I think sometimes the media portrays them. I think fans can accept a bit of losing or a mediocre team if they see a bright future. If they see, 
you know, if they make a trade for the first overall pick and Sam Reinhart's in the lineup and the Canucks struggle and they and they miss the playoffs, of course, I mean, people are going to freak out if they if they you know. Yeah, you not, want your team. They're to not going to they're not going to yeah. lose their minds. That's what I'm trying to say. But people are not happy with losses. But I think people will understand it if they see that there's a future. And I think that's the thing that we saw not just last year when they missed the playoffs, but even the year before in the lockout shortened year, everybody was kind of a little blasé about the Canucks because they look at the team and they're like, well. We know what it takes to get to the top, pretty much, mm-hmm. to get to the finals. This team's not close to that team, and there's no future, Yeah, right? So I think if people can see that there's a future, they'll accept it. Yeah, and they'll be, I, I, I agree with that. I think um, when we were, we were young, I mean, this is in the late 90s after the Messier debacle, and they'd be really bad, and was being basically dismantled, you know, piece by piece. Until that 99 draft, when they got the Sedins, Season tickets were down. The building was empty, and oh, nobody yeah. people, people stopped caring about the Canucks. You know, as much on a casual level, I will say. Yeah. Um, and I think if unless these guys are able to bring in bring in something new and you know, kind of that'll invigorate the fan base with with that kind of opti- optimism of hey, you know, the future looks bright and we got something coming. Yeah. I think we're going to see a similar thing happen in the next three to five years too. Well, I mean, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen in this off season? Are we going to? Are they going to? I mean, we know. I mean, I think we both agree. Ryan Kessler is gone so it's going to be Kessler and they're probably getting prospects back mm-hmm. hopefully prospects that can play right now are, are we going to see are we going to see Yannick Hansen and Chris Higgins back again are we going to see you know I hope not I hope not I mean because I think that's where the Canucks really made the improvement when they started becoming yeah. an upper echelon team was getting deeper on their bottom six yeah uh, can their top are their top six guys capable of delivering what they were able to then I don't yeah. think so that obviously needs to be supported with young guys who can jump in on the second line like and I'm not comparing any of the guys the Canucks have to a Pavelski or a or a Logan Couture in San Jose but the, you know if they can have somebody like that who can help the Sedins score I think the Sedins would be great second liners in the NHL yep right now obviously it's not easy to just say hey we're gonna put you know we have two guys ready to jump in as first liners but that's what made them better so I want to see guys like Yannick Hansen gone Chris Higgins gone um, you know, where there, Sean Matthias is something to, to be excited about if he can jump in and play third line. I think Richardson did a great job on the fourth line, yeah. or as a fourth liner, he's not yeah. a third liner. Um, Cassian, I think, is going to be due for, uh, for a good yeah. year. So I'm, I, I think it'll be something to be excited to, but for the first time in maybe five years, nobody's looking at him and saying, we're going to the cup finals. Or uh, oh, can't. for sure, for sure. I mean, I just, I just look at the team and I think, I mean, it's got to be Nicholas Jensen time, right? I mean, he's got to play, if he's not playing on your second line, he's got to play on your third line. And I know, I know over the last little while with, with the, the Gillis regime, I think they kind of thought, well, we need a third line type guy. Personally, I don't see it that way. Um, the third line, the third line when you're a cup contending team, yeah, that's got to be that gritty, yeah. that gritty line that can score, that can do a little bit of everything. Um, they're not a cup contending team. This is the third line when you're not a cup contending team is sometimes the spot where your rookies break into the lineup. Just like the Sedins, their first year, they were both on the third line, right? They were there and they were the third line for a few years. I think Nicholas Jensen's got to be there. I think Zach Cassian has got to be in a more prominent role. I mean, you got to kind of sink or swim with him, right? Like, what, what is he? I mean, and I think he showed some nice flashes last year. He's scoring goals. I think you've got to give him the opportunity to succeed, whether it's with the Sedins or on the second line. But do you think what the, okay, what they're trying to sell right now is this team is going to retool and try and win. So if you're saying that and you're not bringing in, because I think anybody outside of the organization, you know, they're going to try and put their spin on it because again, they're hurting business-wise. Is they 
they're in a transition year. This is a total transition season for them that they have, they have the cap space, they can make some moves. I don't want to see them bring in a Vanek, Molson, Camilleri off the... Uh, if Kessler's here, yes, which we agree he's not going to yeah. be. But without him, yeah, get the kids playing in the second line, third line, and let's see what happens. You may, you're better off doing that rather than selling false hope that we're going to retool and try and yeah. win. When it's I mean, I don't obvious know. you don't have the parts. I mean, I guess I've sort of resigned myself to the fact that I don't think that they're going to... They're not going to just clear, clean house and go with all the young guys. I wouldn't mind... I, like, I wouldn't mind them bringing in a guy like Matt Molson or just somebody who could score some goals. Um, because they're going to try... I mean, they're going to try to win. The, yeah, he's asking for something like five, six million a year. Well, I mean, do you really invest that much in, well, in uh, depends, Matt Molson? It depends, it depends on, on the term and the money, of course, always, right? Yeah. With, with every player. Um, but guys that are, uh, you know, 30, 31, and you don't have to lock in to beyond 35, something like that. Uh, I don't mind that. I, I think I think they they're they're going to try to win. I mean, if you're going to keep the Sedins here, if you're going to try to lose, then let's really lose. But if they're going to try to win and do something, if you get a guy that's not, you know, 35 plus, and he can play with you for the next four or five years. Or even if you just keep him just to trade him, <laughs> use him as trade. But, you, but you're using Molson if you're moving, if you sign a guy like Molson, yep. guy, you're using him in, in prominent minutes where young guys need to be to develop. And yeah, I, but I see. Know. I don't think the, the young guys aren't ready for the prominent minutes yet. So that's why I think I, I think. But you don't think a guy like Cassian could be on the everyday second line winger? Well, yeah, at this point? Him, yeah. Well, he could be. I mean, he could be on the on the line with the Sedins, and then you put Molson on the second line. I think my problem is the guys that are not going to be. Uh, stars for you're not going to be a second or first line player for you like Hanson like Higgins I don't, Time to go. I don't, more Hans I, I prefer Hanson to go more than Higgins yeah. just because Higgins Hans is better that's it <laughs> well, Higgins is better also he has a limited no trade clause yeah so you, you're limited on on who you can trade Higgins to you've got to go with his list mm-hmm. um, Hanson has that same kind of deal kicking in July 1st and that's what scares me I think I think you've got to move him before that just so that you're able to trade him to whoever you want. Columbus, Edmonton, Florida, any, it's probably going to be Florida, right? Everybody yeah. trades with Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Based so, <laughs> on history, yes, yes. We'll but you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to, I, I think he's a guy that he's never going to be, and I wrote about this on, on Vansity Buzz, and I got crucified in the comment section. People <laughs> were out you that you have no idea the love people have in the city for a Yannick Hansen. People were really mad. Uh, that I suggested trading him, but I think he's the guy that he has to go. He's yeah. got to be one of these guys that, that gets moved because he's, for me, he's taken up the spot that Jensen could be in. Because I don't think Jensen's a second liner yet, yeah. but I think he might be a third liner. Uh, so you've got to be able to open up that spot for him and give him the option. Okay, well, you know what? It'll be exciting to see. The draft is this Friday. Uh, download our podcast on iTunes at Rob the Hockey Guy Canucks Podcast. You can follow Rob on Twitter at Rob the, Rob the Hockey Guy. And you can follow me at JazzKang21. Uh, this will be up on the Van City Buzz site. You can, you can check it out there as well. 